Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, Shannon Dawson. You can find me here on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash clubmanagement1. Type in Club Management on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're always looking for donations. If you'd like to support to the show in any way, you can at patreon.com slash clubmanagement1. This is episode 18. Episode 18 has arrived, and in this show, we continue focusing on this question that I've been trying to wrap my head around. Literally have been back home in New York City for four months now and still not sure or no answer as to when I can go back to gather my belongings in China. I wanted to continue that conversation with some folks who are in the same situation as me. I don't know, maybe to give myself some reassurance that I'm not the only one confused about what to do next. Sammy is another expat that sent me her story with her same frustrations. She was originally teaching in Xi'an. Sammy's currently stuck with her cousin in Indiana, waiting for when the borders will open so that she can begin her new job in Chongqing. I had a wedding in March and I was originally just going to come back right after the wedding. Um, had COVID not happened, but because COVID happened, I may, I was just like, oh, I'm going to stay until the end of May because that would give me like two months to kind of make some money and come back to China at least with some kind of cushion to be able to sustain myself. Uh, however, those plans have changed because China has closed their borders. And so now I'm just in limbo per se. So I'm a little annoyed and upset, even though I had planned to stay until the end of May. Now it's indefinite when we will be allowed to return. So that part gives me anxiety. Luckily, I have a new job um, in China. So they're just kind of waiting for the borders to open up themselves so they can go ahead and, uh, you know, submit the letters and all that fun stuff, you know, visa transfer process, you know, (laughs) if you live in China, you know. So life is not going to be back to normal. I think we're going to have a new normal, which might be a good thing, depending on who you ask. I hope that this new normal will allow us to be conscious, not only of ourselves, but of each other. Look out for our brother um, and sisters. So I'm hoping that the new normal will just incite something in people. I'm looking forward to be able, obviously the one thing I'm, I think most of us can agree on as expats is being able to travel again. I think that's one thing I'm looking forward to, but the new normal of what travel looks like is gonna be quite interesting. And a new normal is right. Back in China, though, within the entertainment industry, malls, and even restaurants, standards and protocols have already been put into place. DJ Who Is It, a promoter and DJ from Chengdu, shared what she's been seeing since the virus has slowed up in China. And even with the country's phenomenal rebound and containment of COVID, she says she's not ready to hit the town quite yet. So I think everything is getting back to normal-ish. If you're trying to enter a public indoor space, say like a mall, an office building, um or something like that, uh, you still need to get your temperature tested at the door. And if your temperature is over 37, I guess somebody would take you to some uh, authority and get everything tested. Um, everybody is still wearing facial masks everywhere. And uh, in a lot of places, uh, you're not allowed to go 
if you don't wear facial masks. So other restaurants or most restaurants are open already. Public entertainment businesses like clubs, um, like bars and KTV, some of them are already open, you know, just for the survival of the business. So I understand, but they also like take temperature at the door. So it's still like relatively safe. I guess like now, personally, I'm still trying to stay home as much as possible because there's still like a lot of people coming back or like travel between the cities and we don't know if there will be new cases emerging at some point, right? So uh, I'm still trying to stay in, but I still want to hang out with my friends. So I kind of li limit the social time to weekend. As for the future, I'm not really sure because, you know, like a lot of people are still very nervous about everything and nervous about getting back to normal. I don't know. It's 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 really hard to predict. Throughout all of this, there's some other things I've been particularly worried about. That's what will happen to all my belongings if the border doesn't open up soon? What about my job? My visa is expected to expire again, and the work visa process is very long and tiring. What if I can't re-enter? I had a great chat with Gary about all of this. He's stuck on the East Coast too, like me. Gary's been teaching basketball in Shanghai for a long time. He's also running his own entertainment company called Book, which hosts a variety of shows around Shanghai for up-and-coming artists. We had a nice chat with one another about what we've experienced personally living abroad. And we were able to shed some much needed light on some of our frustrations and fears. Will we be able to find work if we stay in the States? What will things look like for us as foreigners if we go back to China? You know, a lot of folks who, who meet people like us probably ask, why China? Why did we end up moving to the Middle Kingdom? So what was your why? Uh, so, 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 well, first of all, thank you, man, for, uh, just even like giving me the opportunity to talk with you. And yeah, my why was like, you know, I, you know, I'm a basketball coach. So like, uh, I had been doing that for a long time and I was just in a space where I just needed to flip the script mm -hmm. and do something that was just completely out of the box and that nobody expected. And for me, I just needed to, I just needed to get away, you know what I mean? Because I was a single dad mm. and my daughter was finally turning 18. And um, I just was like, man, this is my time. Like, cause you know, it's, uh, you know, almost like the reboot, man. You know, when yeah. you get into a certain <laughs> age, you got two chances in your life to reboot your life. That's when you're in your, that's when you're in your early twenties or mid twenties. And then when you're in your early to mid forties, mm. after that, you are going to be what you're going to be. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that was that was why I chose China, and 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 it just so happened that um, it was my birthday, and I was having a drink with a friend who works for the NBA, mm -hmm. and we were just talking. He was like, "Yeah, somebody contacted me about if I knew any guys who could go over and coach in China," and I was like, "Well, you know, I'd be willing to move." Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna set you up on a call tomorrow." So the next day we talked, and then seven months later, I was in I was in China. Wow. And so you're yeah. so you land in China. What was your first initial reactions? 
my first initial <laughs> reaction was, how the hell am I going to communicate? Right. No, actually, actually, my first reaction was, yeah, it, it was that. But then when I first, my first reaction was like, okay, now where do I go to get this phone situation? Because, you know, you used to, the first thing you do when you get off a plane is turn on your phone. Mm. And, you, and you communicate with the people who were trying to contact you while you was in the air. Mm. But when you go to a new country and you, you know, you haven't figured out like the SIM card situation. I knew nothing about like jailbreaking my phone so I can get a new SIM card and everything like that. So <laughs> that was that was my first reaction landing. And then um, it went from that to excitement, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, seriously. You know, I think that, that was it. Yeah, I think a similar thing happened to me. At first, I was nervous because, um, well, for me, I got lucky because my sister was already in China and I was kind of going to visit her and hoping that she would help me to get acclimated with everything. So I kind of got to cheat a little bit, you know? Um, but yeah, when, you had the cheat code. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. But I found myself going into panic mode when she wasn't around because, you know, she was a little bit of like a crutch for me um, in terms of getting around at first. But then I slowly learned my lay of the land, got comfortable. Um, but yeah, I definitely had that panic mode as well. Um, so, so, so did you, how long did it take you to figure out like, how to kind of suppress the anxiety like because mm. when you because you because in that moment you know you're like all right well i don't see any like you don't know where to go so the first thing is getting to your home right and then when you get to your home you're like okay i don't know the train i don't know the bus i don't know the taxis i haven't downloaded the app to even get the taxis <sighs> there's no uber there's no mcdonald's there's no kfc in the neighborhood that i'm in i don't know how to read the menu <laughs> um, so you know, a, a, a lot, a lot goes through your mind. And so, how long did it take you to kind of figure that? Like, yeah, with that? that's a great question. And also, it's not like you can turn around and ask somebody, like, "Hey, do you know where this is?" So that was <laughs> that was also crazy. But it probably took me around. I want to say, to be honest, it took me around like two years for me to really start to get comfortable with being on my really? own close to two years yeah yeah because you know you never know what can happen in a foreign land and you're by yourself so i was kind of nervous at first but after two years wow. I was okay. two years <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like three months six to three to six months <laughs> that two years yeah that don't it's a secret I'll, I'll <laughs> but yeah so but and but in that time frame though I was learning Chinese so at least I could use a little bit of the language to you know help me out and I think that's what made my transition easier is that when I first got to China I immediately started learning the language so it wasn't as uh, okay. bad you know yeah, um, you were smarter than me I wasn't trying to learn the language you didn't learn are you learning now I I know um, and how yeah, how long yeah, have you like, been in China? I've been in China a long time, uh, oh long enough for me to long me long enough for me to to know some Chinese. Oh my god! Um, well, you know what I found out? It's not okay. So okay, so and again, these are these are all kind of excuses. It all boils down to just the the want the want of learning. You know, because you either want to do it or you don't, mm -hmm. right? But for, for me, you know, being a little, I guess, in my age bracket, you know, learning is not the easiest thing to do anymore. You know, I'm, I'm kind of set in my ways. So I was really actually learning, but I got stuck with the tones. 
Like my mm. tongue, you know, I speak in a different type of context, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I like to do a little music thing and everything. So I, you know, I speak in a different, I have a little lisp and all of that. So the tones <laughs> was messing me up. <laughs> like the tones was frustrating me because I would, I would know, I would know exactly what I want to say. Like I would know the word, the meaning, but then I couldn't say the tone right. So then it would frustrate me because I knew I was speaking the right way, but somebody would be like, what? Shema? So, and once you say Shigma four times, I'm not repeating myself because obviously I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, the, that communication, that language barrier, man, it's no joke. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what about you and your students? Did you have students that didn't know how to speak English? Yeah, so I perfected um, body language. <laughs> And, um, you know, being a, being a basketball coach, you know, it was all about, um, so what I figured out about kids and myself and, 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 and um, language barrier was uh, demonstration, mm -hmm. right? So even if you speak Chinese, you probably aren't fluent enough to where they understand everything, right? And even if they speak English, they probably aren't fluent enough to understand how fast you talk. Right. So I figured so I figured out how to do the combination of the demonstration because I like I teach them. I teach just like I teach my American students. You don't I used to tell them, you don't always have to know what I'm saying. Use your eyes. You have five senses. Speaking is not the only one, mm -hmm. right? So use your eyes to learn as well. Right, right. So that's how I that's how I got through. And then I you know, I know I know basketball terms. I can teach a basketball class and say words but i just can't speak full sentences um but i can get the job done <laughs> for sure so yeah i just perfected body language man and i'm actually really good at it now <laughs> that's good you know i think that that speaks to a lot of folks uh even myself where i had some kids in my classes that didn't really know some of the words that i was teaching in english but they're able to follow along you know they can pick up some keywords and still be able to follow along so that's really right. dope um so you're with the teaching and then you find yourself with this really cool music career somehow and uh, forgive me what area in china are you you teaching in well i was i started off in shanghai mm -hmm. and um and then I, i branched out to suzhou oh nice and then and then i went back to shanghai nice um, man like you can just fall into something mm -hmm. and not even realize you're falling into it i just happened to I just happened to fall into a freestyle session with a friend, mm -hmm. and then from and then from, we was drunk and you know doing the doing what we do, and then um, that that led to more more studio sessions, and then that led to oh wait they're pretty good, and then that led to oh be part of the crew, and then that led to yeah we got a show, and then that led to oh you need to make a song because you have a 15 minute set by yourself. And then, you know what I'm saying? So it just kind of just kept escalating, and that's how I just kind of fell into it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm, man, I'm so grateful, so grateful that I did because I got an opportunity to tap into some creative juices that I that I always had. I just never had uh -huh. time to kind of right. give attention to, to give to, to give attention to. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, that, so. Yeah, I think for, China for me too did something similar where I was already doing a little bit of music and like I was working in broadcast journalism before heading over, but uh, you know, obviously I went there initially to teach. 
but stumbled upon this really great music scene. A friend allowed me to come to the club, his club, like twice a week and, and just kind of play stuff off my aux cord. And then that slowly developed from me doing that to learning how to use the equipment. And then, yeah, now traveling around China and playing in all these different places. So it's pretty great. Yeah, it's really great. And, and that's funny because I think it's important to let your audience know, your listeners know, like, you know, what we... We didn't even officially, we met officially once, only one time. And it was, uh, I was at your club. Yeah, that's right. You, We have met. That's right. We have yeah, met. Yeah, I met you at your club. I was visiting Chongqing and I was there for basketball. And we went to the, me and my girlfriend at the time, who was Chinese, we went there. We, we wanted to listen to some hip hop, but we got there late. And you guys were closing. And uh, we were sitting at the bar trying to get the bartender to give us a drink. And I just happened to look over and I know and I noticed I was like, um, I said something. I said something to the person next to me. And then you came up and started talking to her <laughs> and then you introduced yourself. And then um, and then you bought us a drink because you because you knew you got you guys were closing. Oh. And then we just kept in touch from there. We just kept in touch. That's from right. Oh, my goodness. That's so right. I feel like. Everyone that I met at Cream, it's been such a blur because I was like spread so thin trying to make sure that things like day to day operations were going well, taking care of the artists, making sure everybody's, you know, got the drink and having fun. So it's so hard. It was so hard to like be able to sit and talk to people. But um, yeah, I'm glad that we kept that 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 conversation going. And I know you had hit me up about trying to schedule some performances. But by that time, Mm -hmm. we already were kind of packing things up because we had to shut down. Really sucks. How are you feeling now that, you know, you kind of, okay, so for me, it's, I love China. Like, Mm. I want to go back to China. Right. But there's this little piece of me that's like, eh, I love being home. Right, right. And and now with the way things are, do I really want to go to China? Because see, see, what people don't understand is it's not easy to go to China. Mm. You can't just say, oh, I think I want to try China. No, you have to have the qualifications. You got to get the paperwork. You got to get the paperwork signed and stamped and sealed. And then that's just before you get on the plane to get there. And mm. then when you get there, you got to get the paperwork. You got to get stamped and sealed and go from this bureau to that bureau. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Then you got to send in your passport and do all that. And then finally you get your passport back and now, boom, you're right. ready to experience China. You didn't so even, you didn't means, mention the awful health check where you have to go to the scary hospital and go and get your health check. The health check and the scary <laughs> hospital to where, to where they don't really check you. They just kind of move you along, push on your stomach a little bit. And then they kind of just move you on kind of like a, a, like a lunch line, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, like how are you like like how how are you how are you dealing with being home and where I don't know if you can say but where, I'm in Boston, mm. so what part of the country are you in? Yeah, so I'm in New York, born and raised from New okay. York, um, and I'll just kind of backtrack a little bit. So I initially came to New York to visit my family for the Spring Festival, and had bought like a two week, two and a half week ticket was really happy and then a week later the news about the virus hit and um at first i was kind of optimistic because i thought it was only going to 
um, lasts for you know not not that not as long as it has. Um, but then one week went by and the situation started to grow worse and then a lot worse and then it just got out of control and eventually my my school um was like listen don't come back it's dangerous um we're gonna try and set up some remote work for you but they were worried about the time difference so they didn't do that um so yeah i've literally one month has now turned into four months and still no word about whether we can go back or not since the borders are closed honestly I think about this and I think about if I was back during when all this, you know, back in China with all this, with when all this craziness unfolded, I think it would have been pretty scary being there alone because my sister isn't there anymore. I live there by myself. So I don't know if I could have necessarily handled being alone with all that craziness happening and not having family around. So I think everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, as far as the future, I'm also having these doubts. Like, you know, if I go back, I have to get accustomed to this new world that we're about to get, that we're going to get into post coronavirus, because things are definitely not going to go back to being the same. Um, and, you know, there's also this thought in the back of my head that, like, I want to pursue my arts full time. I don't necessarily want to have to pick and choose. So, would that be more beneficial staying here knowing that I have full reins to do whatever I want to do or go back to China and still have to teach and juggle it all? You know, that's the hardest thing right. for me, I think. Yeah. And you're exactly right. It's like, okay, it's almost like, okay, China opened up this door mm. to who we, who we truly are internally, you know, that, that, that subconscious God given feeling that you knew was in there. But it took you to go to China to find, right? Mm. So here's the thing. You go to China, right? That opportunity to be like this super duper elevated artistic personality. You went from you went from playing music on your phone to traveling around the country playing sets. Yeah. In New York, in New York, oh, you're ready to go. But there's so many people doing what you do. You now don't go to the top of the food chain. You go to the middle or the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know true. I mean, that's another thing, too. It's like I built up a little fan base on my on my cruise out in China. And so it's weird having to think about, okay, well, man, I met all these incredible people. Now I can't even, you know, now I can't even hang out or, or build what I left behind, you know? So... But I'm gonna no, say, go but now what I'm trying to do is connect those two worlds together, even though I'm not physically there. I've been trying to, you know, connect my friends with opportunities here in New York or even hopping on a WeChat call and recording interviews about what we're going through. So I'm figuring out ways to pivot, you know, and I think that's so essential. And that kind of leads me to my next question. How are you feeling in terms of all of this and how have you kind of pivoted uh your experience and, and your goals within this craziness that we're going through well pivot i think i did a, i think i did a full-fledged travel yeah like, i just i just <laughs> i just i just went to a whole different spot on the court okay because um what i realized for me you know as a as a as a sports coach um in the sports industry 
in China, basically the sports industry right now is just decimated. It's dead. Yeah. Like there's 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 no schools, there's no sports, and you know. And even with that being said, you know the whole the, the kind of like the whole rhetoric right now around foreign people having this this virus. You know, parents don't even want you to um, teach their children because they think you have the virus. Mm. Right. So I had to full, full pivot. So um, being back home, thank God I came back home because that allowed me to pivot into, um, you know, this whole um, podcasting and, and 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 coaching, life coaching, all that stuff. So, yeah, man, like it was it's been great for me to to pivot into a new industry mm-hmm. and just kind of um, try to break in, break into that. So now I'm, a, you know, now now I'm a double threat, you know. Um, but it's important to understand that it doesn't matter whether you go, your your experiences from China or wherever else in the world. Everybody should be pivoting right now mm. because every industry is affected one way or the other. Whether it's an industry that went from a medium a medium revenue generating industry to a billion dollar company like Zoom or something like that, mm-hmm. or if it's a billion dollar company that went down to shutting their doors yeah seriously <laughs> and that was that's what let me uh, know that like we're really entering into something crazy you know like everything shifting mm-hmm. to online uh stores like freaking jc penny have filed for bankruptcy mm-hmm. or not probably not going to live throughout this thing it's like you really need to be prepared for what's to come so i've actually i've been spending this time like brushing up on some skills learning some new ones um i'm right. actually thinking about taking a coding class because coding is essentially the future of how everything is going to be built and done you know like in terms of building apps and stuff like that so i was like man i need yeah, to be like you're right 100 like we need to have some kind of skill in either either the new the new financial currency mm. or the or the or the new or the new way of communicating which is your which is your apps right you, you know what i'm saying so those are that's it that's what this world in the next five years that's all this world is is you're going to be on an app or you're going to be doing dealing with bitcoin Something like that, because if you think about it, like right, you and I know this in 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 China, right? How, when's the last time you? Well, okay, after your after your two years, you said it took you two years. To get, <laughs> <laughs> after your two years, can you remind me of a time when you pulled out a R and B bill? Oh my God, never anymore. Now everything's done through WeChat. Right. So 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 you you think about it. Pretty much where. Where in the world are they using cash anymore? Mm, yeah. Nowhere. <laughs> Everything's true. going to scan codes and 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 phone pay and you know you you know what I'm saying? So um yeah. yeah. Pivot. That's a strong pivot. That's like a that's like a you know, in, in basketball I like to teach the three step pivot. You know, you, you go one, two, three to get you back to point A. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you need to it's 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 serious, it's serious. And, I'm, and first of all, you're in New York. You didn't say that. Like, how we, how are you? How, like, yeah, that's how are you coping place. with being? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're in New York, and I'm in Boston. So we coming from yeah, two different worlds. You know, I, I didn't two different mm-hmm. worlds. I came back in March, so you left before the outbreak. Well, you left during the outbreak, but you you left before the recorded outbreak. Mm-hmm. I was there until after the outbreak. Um, initiated now we're back in the states wow. in two cities that are 
what you're you're the number one city i'm the number three city yeah wait a minute though that's interesting so you actually left china after everything started getting crazy talk about that like what was it like traveling in the airports um what what did you see like did you have to get tested um so you know when everything jumped off i just kind of stayed in the house and you know because i've never been the kind of person that like does what everyone else does like i'm the guy that like if if with if there's a if there's a crowd of 100 95 go right i'm going with the five that go left mm. right so so everybody was panicking trying to find flights to to malaysia and thailand because they thought it was just a china disease right and i was like all right well let me sit down and just kind of watch and see what happens and then when it, it started you know progressing I was like, I finally, I finally was like, man, I got to go. Because at that point, remember, I'm in the sports industry. So once they shut down the schools, then they sh- then that shuts down the classes, the, mm-hmm. the, the sports part of it. You know, so I was like, all right. Well, then I, I decided, I said, OK, well, do I want to be here? Because remember, what people don't understand is during that pandemic or the epidemic, when it was an epidemic, China didn't really... Like China, they, they were just trying to cope with the with the with the pandemic with the epidemic. They wasn't really worrying about your rent and how you're gonna pay your bills and things like that. They mm-hmm. were just shutting everything down. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when I was looking at it, it was like, yeah, no, your rent still due. And I was like, oh, well, how's my rent still due? And I work in the schools, and they was like, <laughs> oh well, you, you know, well your schools are supposed to still pay you, but what they don't realize is there's two different worlds in China. There's the world that is. So there's three, there's three, there's three working worlds. You got the, you got the A world, which is the world of like the big companies that, you know, um, from the Western world to the Eastern world. Then you got your mid-level companies, which are like your well-funded international schools. Then you have your C world, which is your enterprises. Those are the mom and pop owned companies that also bring a lot of foreigners to work, to work for them. Mm. Those companies are not that profitable. Mm-hmm. So those companies, and when they were shut, when they shut down those companies, those companies was like, yeah, no, we can't afford to pay. So um, <laughs> right. that's, that's 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 just how that go. So finally, I just left, and um, I just finally decided to leave one day. And then, so traveling to the airport, it was empty, man. I left what February twenty second, wow. and it was an empty ride. You know, Shanghai, man. Shanghai is always busy. The trains, the planes, the buses, everything's busy. And it was just like it was like I was in a, I was in the city alone. Like oh the goodness. airport was super empty, and um, it was kind of it was kind of I don't know. It was scary a little. It wasn't scary, but it just was. Yeah, it was eerie. It was eerie, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. um, I think um, New York experienced something very similar. Where like when it started to get really, really bad, there was little to no one on the streets, and I've never seen, especially like my neighborhood in Spanish Harlem. There's always you know kids playing on the streets uh, or people you know walking around. No one looked like a ghost town, you know. So, so, yeah. so and that's and that's another and that's another and that's another part of it is where like so you think about the psyche and I talked about this on 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 I talked about this on my podcast. I said, look, I said, look, I said that's from one psyche to the other. I went from a ghost town to a to a ghost town <laughs> where mm-hmm. like you know I go I struggle thinking about coming home because had I stayed in China. I'd be back to somewhat of a normal lifestyle right now, right? right? But I decided to leave to come back to start over. It was almost like hitting the reset button of the of the COVID nineteen. And so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you man. know, so, 
that's something that's something to deal with, man. You know. Yeah, it's um, it's incredibly crazy. Um, what are you thinking? Are you thinking will you return once everything dies down, or what are your thoughts? Man, I'm I'm super confused, man, right now when it comes to what I'm thinking because there is a part of me that I'm not finished with China. Right? Mm, same. So, yeah, I want to go back. At the same time, now that I spent so many years there and I'm back and I realize the support system that is set up here, because you think about it, had I stayed in China with no job, there's no, there, you know, there's no, no, no um, government bailout. There's no food stamps for me. There's no, it's, I would have just had, to, I don't know how, I, and the borders were closed. How was I going to make, how was I going to survive? Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, so right now I'm thinking it's like, it's a race, right? So it's like, whoever provides me with the, the, the sustainable job first. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if I could find it, like I'm, I'm a, I'm, if I can get, if I could latch on to a company here at home first, then I'm going to stay for a year. If, if, if China come calling me back for September and everything go through, then I'm going, you know? So that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking because then you also got to remember too, like there's 33 million people in our country with no work. Yeah, Yeah. Companies are shutting down. You know, that in business, when you shut down, you don't shut down because of bankruptcy and say, okay, now I'm ready to open back up again. Once you shut down, you shut down. So what about those people? Now those people are going to be looking for jobs after the jobs open, but not everyone's going to be able to get a job. So now your job market is saturated Mm -hmm. and it's just going to be harder to find a job. You you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's exactly the conversation that I had with my mom, too, because she was like, you know, don't go back. It's you you could stay with me. But. My thing is, shoot, my bills, my bills need to get paid. I'm in a lot of student loan debt that I'm trying to pay off before a certain age. And uh, I'd like to save for a house at some point. So, you know, while I know I have that support system at home and I know that, you know, if I were to be broke for uh, who knows, it's looking like with this craziness maybe like a year if that were to happen (laughs) who knows at least i have that that support system you know what are you thinking you thinking right now are you going back because you got to remember you got to take this so many variables to take into consideration because if we go back right now there's this whole thing about foreigners having the disease and you got the whole little black thing going on, the racial thing going on. And China's not ever going to be the same. Even Chinese people are struggling to survive. Yeah. But people aren't broadcasting that. But they're struggling as well to get jobs. Yeah, I'm, so, actually, I'm actually really glad that you mentioned that, too. Um, I was talking to a co-worker who had mentioned that this was, like, just as worse, or if not worse than the, the recession that they came out of in, what was that, 20... 20- 2009 yeah and they were saying that this is really bad it's going to cause a lot of trouble for them to be able to sustain as well so yeah it's like do i gotta pick the lesser of evils do i wait it out here and try to get a job or go back and also possibly be stuck with 
situations in terms of possibly being discriminated against or you know it's yes. it's scary yes. it's a little scary it's scary and let's talk through it because look you go back to Ch- you go back to china let's say you go get a job making forty thousand a month right because or anywhere between 30 and forty thousand was what we was making for our industry right mm-hmm. except now guess what it's no longer that now it's between 20 and 30 yeah if that. Yeah. So now you're talking about now you're talking about you know it takes three months to get on track in China because you got to pay the three month deposit before you move into your apartment. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And then so then once you get on track after your third month, you're good to go. However, that's money you're spending. Whereas if you stay home, you have that support where your family's going to be like, all right, I know you're going through it. Like I know you got to pay bills, but what's the lesser of two because now you're financially responsibility for every move you make when you move back to China. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You're making me nervous. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, there's no, you know how it go. I mean, I'm sure you'll be fine because we know how to navigate. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot cheaper to eat. It's a lot cheaper. We don't need a car. We don't need to do, you know, it's all of this and all in, and all of that. But mm-hmm. if the salaries are lower, you need to ask yourself, and this is what I had to do, because I, this is what made me leave. I asked myself, so is it worth struggling financially in China? Mm. Or is it better to struggle financially at home? Right. Because I don't see the need in being in a foreign place to struggle. Mm. I, could be at home, I could be at home to do that. Very true. It's a real thing. And that's why you say, you know, when we're in this, we're in this situation, but we're, so I, I think about it like this, you know, um, the interesting thing is like, this situation has definitely brought me closer to my spirituality mm-hmm. and my peacefulness and my universe and all that good stuff, my chi, which is my center. Wow. And, um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I had to realize that, you know, you ask yourself, well, God, like, why is this so God, leave. Really? Can you? I mean, come on. Six months? Come on, stop this already. Like, can we just get back to normal, <laughs> to normal life? But really, what he's doing is he's allowing you time to sit down mm. and really just look at it and really just sit back and look at it. Because, you, you know, like I know in China now, Chongqing is a major city as well. Right. So China, things are if you're in one of the tier one or tier two cities, you're moving fast. Mm. Right? Life is moving fast. It's not it's not stopping. So. When do you really have time to look back at your situation and be like, all right, I'm going the wrong, wrong direction. Right. You really don't because they don't stop in China. They don't stop. They day after day after day after day after day. Routine, 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 routine. Right. So this is an opportunity for us to sit back and say, hmm, because you got to think about this, too. All Hmm. right. We have experience living in China. China is now always an option for us. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Always an option. Yeah. It's always an option. And now what I'm figuring out is that it's a whole lot. God damn, I didn't think it was going to be this hard to get to reacclimate myself to my own country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same here. <laughs> you know? I thought I was going to be able to come home and be like, all right, let me just go over here and get a job real quick. It don't matter what kind of job. Boy, 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 then I get back on, I'm on, I'm going. Mm-hmm. But... I didn't realize how much you become black and like, <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel real comfortable around Chinese culture, like real comfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's something about it that's so inviting, right? Like, you know, when you make your, your friends and they invite you out to, to have a meal or you just meet incredible people in general from having so many different people and walks of life come, uh, especially in a city like Shanghai, right? So it's yeah. it's so rough. It's a rough decision. It's a rough call. But I'm trying to, like, just take this time to just sit still and analyze everything and try to make a, a really well-informed, like, logical decision because in the past obviously because i was younger i've kind of jumped and and leapt without thinking first and not that it landed me in bad situations but i think i could have prevented some you know unwarranted stress if i had thought about things more clearly so that's why i want to just sit and think and hopefully a good answer will come to my mind no it's common i do believe we'll be back in china i just i just don't know if um, we need to rush it um because I really just can't see, you know, you know, China's on a whole different time frame than the rest of the world mm-hmm. in terms of this virus and this vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 have a they have a they have a different handle on things right now. So for them, you gotta think about it like this. For them, why would they open up their borders when the when the when the rest of the world is just showing like inflating numbers to the point where like the whole world right now wants to run to China. But if, if you if you know anything about China, if you've lived there, if you've been an expat, you want to run back to China right now. If they if they open the borders, 70 percent of us would be running back. The flights would be full <laughs> to get back to China with foreigners. That's, right. That's why, why would they open their borders like that? So you have to think about that. Like you're, you're going to be sitting for at least the summertime. They're not going to open their borders until August, which is when, ironically, we the teachers will be needed to teach mm. their students. So is that what you've heard? Because I've heard some rumors about it possibly opening in August, um, but I wasn't quite sure. So is that what you've been hearing? <gasps> I haven't heard anything about the borders opening. I'm just using my common sense. <laughs> I know that the school I know that the schools have opened. Right. Mm. So if the schools have opened, then that means when when regular uh, school when the regular school year starts, which is in September, they're going to need teachers. But there are no foreign teachers in China right now. Every ninety percent of the foreign teachers are gone. Mm-hmm. So which means if they want their students, if they want enough faculty to teach their students, they are going to have to open those borders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm just bummed out, right? Because all my stuff is literally in my apartment. Also, my visa is about to run out in, in, in July, man. So I've got a whole bunch of work to try and sort out before then. So look, I'm with you. So I'm look, I'm with you. I'm going to tell you what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So your stuff is in your apartment. Are you still paying rent on that apartment? Um, I probably have like one more month left to pay and then I'm good. Okay, so because uh, I, I did the same thing. So I have a company who can pack your stuff up and put it in storage, which is um, probably cheaper than shipping it if you do plan on going back. Okay. So let me know if you want if you want the access to that company. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. They're in, they're in, yeah. And then for me, what I did was I found one of my Chinese friends to live in my apartment and take over the <laughs> take over. Oh, the that was so smart. I should have done that too. And, yeah, and then 
my visa is also about to expire in the next uh what 20 something days now oh my goodness here's my thing about that you can't stress about your expiring visa because there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. you cannot you cannot renew your visa if you are not physically in the the if you're not physically there very true you cannot physically go because the borders are closed very true so you you're just gonna have to let that expire and then we just gonna because i had a you know i had a z visa and then i was trying to transfer it over to uh uh entrepreneur visa or a business visa but it got i got stuck i got stuck before uh, before i uh finished it mm-hmm. so now i just got to start over i'm just gonna have to let it expire and get a tourist visa and, and yeah and, 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 and start the process over mm-hmm. you know that's not the worst of your concerns that's that's actually probably the one thing you probably shouldn't stress about okay yeah 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 that is it's the least of the worries man so i pray that everything works out for us and i know it will it's just obviously this time right now is uncertain so trying to piece everything together and predict what's going to happen is going to drive you even more crazy um but yeah so thank you so much for being on the show is there any kind of advice or light that you want to give folks in this time because it's rough for everybody around the world right now well my main advice is what you what you talked about pivoting mm-hmm. um i just would i just want everyone to know like i don't care what it is but try not to waste this time because it's almost over now right so if you wasted it it's almost too late but right? mm-hmm. whatever time left we have in this pandemic try not to waste it in terms of just sitting around waiting like it's, it's something there's something you can learn there's something you can just do to make yourself make yourself better mm-hmm. you know and the other thing that I'd like listeners to know is that don't listen to what you hear about China and Chinese people. It is a beautiful place mm-hmm. and it is, it is, they are beautiful people. And like, you know, it, it actually does you a disservice to think because I have family members who won't let me come over because they, they think, oh, I live in China. I must have, mm. you, you know what I'm saying? But that's just not. First of all, people, get your facts up. Understand what's going on. Right now, China is the safest place in the world. And um, you probably have a bigger chance of getting it here in America than you do being around someone who was in China. Very true. Facts. <laughs> you know, so, so you know, I just think um, spread love. You know, uh, everybody just needs to spread love. Understand that you do have a responsibility to build self as well as build and support others, whether they're family or if they're not family. Mm -hmm. And just understand that the world is different now. So no matter what you think, no matter how bad you want to go back to the original world we knew, it's just not that ever again. It's not, it's just not ever gonna, it's that moment where in 30 years, people are going to be like, you remember 2020, the coronavirus, and then this started. Like, you're just never going to go back before this. We're coming out of the interview between me and Gary. That was such a great one. I really appreciated that, especially during a time like this where... 
you know, I, I think it's so therapeutic to be able to talk about those things with friends or even between me and Gary, we don't know each other that well, but the fact that we were able to have just a really keen conversation and something we have both been pondering and, and trying to gain a solution to was quite therapeutic in itself. Uh, Gary's awesome too, because he actually runs his own podcast as well, where he talks about some of the ideas surrounding black foreigners living abroad in China. And you should definitely go listen to it as well. Check out Gary on Instagram. You can follow him at BPRC2020. And that is it for this show. But please make sure that you follow me as well on Twitter at Shannon1DJ. Also on Instagram at Shannon1DJ. And look out for the Patreon account because I'm going to be starting to post more content over there. Uh, Not just about the show, but I'll be sharing some tidbits about my life and what I've got going on outside of the podcast. I would love for you to stay up to date to it and please subscribe uh, if you can. Donations are always welcomed at patreon.com slash club management one. Until next time, I'm Shannon Dawson.